Looking for a local spot to make swag for your brand, podcast, or anything in between? Eastside Pin Co. has experience making enamel pins, badges, keychains, medals, and patches. Have an idea of what you want? Chris can help bring your idea to life. You can find them online at eastsidepinco.com. That's E-A-S-T-S-I-D-E-P-I-N-C-O.com. And you can send all inquiries to chris at eastsidepinco.com. Mention this ad to take 10% off your order. Eastside Pinco. Hit them up. Hey, welcome back to Tunes Tunes Podcast. I'm your host, Harold. As always, you can follow us on social media. That's Tunes Tunes Podcast, T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. We finally got our favorite film critic extraordinaire from the Cinematropolis, Caleb Masters, back in the house. What up, boy? Oh, well, hello. Uh, thank you so much for the, the reintroduction, Harold. Uh, Hell yeah, man. It's good to be back uh, in the studio it's been a while. I mean, we don't exclusively talk on this podcast, but I hadn't had a chance to catch up with you. So I'm glad, uh, really appreciate the invitation because we can talk about things we love like Rocco's Modern Life, but also uh, can just catch up. Yeah, just bullshitting. Yeah. It took us forever to even get started because we were bullshitting before. <laughs> well, catch up, man. It's great. It's great. I, I love podcasting with you. So uh, thanks for the invitation. Yeah, man. Um, I kind of introduced you there, but for people, maybe it's their first episode or they hadn't caught one with you on it yet. Kind of tell people what it is you do in the Cinematropolis and all that. Yeah. So uh, I'm the uh, film critic and editor-in-chief at thecinematropolis.com. Uh, we're a website that's uh, dedicated to thoughtful conversations on film. And uh, we are have more essay-driven content. So we do some like light review, but it's more about diving into the meat of the movie. Like, what is this movie talking about? Like, what ideas is it espousing? Uh, what is Hobbes and Shaw saying about violence and, you know, things of that nature? Uh, had a farewell as, a, as an Asian uh, experience, like Asian-American experience. Like, how does it do that? Um, so we're really inter- more interested in, in, in diving into, like, what is the movie doing what's what does that cultural conversation look like uh, it's more analysis driven uh so we have a uh, regularly written essays uh and then we have of course our, our podcast the cinematic schematic we uh, have monthly shows that come out so check it out our uh last month we talked about uh, once upon a time in hollywood uh the the quentin tarantino's newest movie and we have an upcoming episode or maybe might be out by the time this rolls out but uh, we've got an episode in august uh that's going to be covering hobbs and shaw and the farewell um, so that's the Cinematropolis. Uh, I also, uh, for some of your listeners, I think who might be interested, I have a Batman the Animated Series podcast. That's one of my favorite podcasts for sure. You need to check it out. This man's Caleb's a man of many podcasts. Oh, well, thank you. It's uh, <laughs> it's called an Animated Discussion uh, dash DCAU, and it's called dash DCAU, uh, meaning DC Animated Universe. And the reason I bring that up and not Batman the Animated Series is because my co-host Joshua Under and myself. Uh, we have completed the core first three or first two seasons, depending on how you break it down, the original animation style of Batman the Animated Series. And everything, the, the parts of the series we have left is like they go through a whole redesign that looks more like the Superman cartoon and Justice League and all of that. Uh, so we're on a bit of a hiatus right now. But listeners who want to catch up, now is a great time to catch up because Joshua and I are going to be back uh, later in the fall 
and we're pivoting from just talking about Batman to also talking about Superman. So when we return, we're going to be talking about The Last Son of Krypton, which is the three-part uh, s- uh, series opener for Superman, the animated series. And then we're also going to be talking about World's Finest, which is another three-part uh, episode where that details the meeting of Batman and Superman in that universe. And it's both of those are super, super fun. I have love World's Finest. And then from that point, not to confuse listeners even more, we're going to kind of pivot between, we're going to go back and forth between the two and do Batman here this week, Superman next week, and kind of keep that uh, truck moving. So uh, it's a great time to join in, though. We're on hiatus. We've got uh, almost, I think, over 50 episodes uh, that are out there for listeners to check out uh, to get hyped up for our return later this fall. Yeah, man, it's a good show, and you guys always take like a real analytical approach to each episode. Um, if I could shout out a personal favorite episode, Heart of Ice, check that episode out. It's one of my favorites. Ah, thanks, man. That's a well. It's 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 great. It, you know what makes having a a great podcast conversation is when you have an amazing episode to talk about. Sometimes bad episodes oh, can yeah. lead to some great talks too, for sure. But Heart of Ice, man, that's just. Whew. So freaking good. So great. <gasps> amazing Batman the series. So love it. Uh, last thing. Is I also have I know third podcast for you guys. My God, uh, I know a lot of podcasts, but uh, I'm also currently a recurring uh, guest on a Pokemon role playing podcast called Pokemoms. Or for those of you who want to check it out, it's called McGameFap. M C Game G A M E Fap F A P. It stands for Matt's Game for Attractive People because our our dungeon master so to speak, is uh, his name is Matt. So, Pokemoms, though. Check it out. Uh, I play a middle-aged podcaster <laughs> who is learning about pod, uh, who's learning about Pokemon through a podcast called Pokemon Ghost Stories. <laughs> and he doesn't know anything about Pokemon. He's learning about it via his, like, weird obsession with ghosts. So Yeah, it's pretty... Uh, f- it's a really funny, like, take on, like, the Pokemon universe. So, I've, I've enjoyed watching that, and I had... Uh, one of your uh, co-hosts on uh, Josh. Oh, Josh Reed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He so plays. I had Josh on. He he's a, about it. <laughs> he's very fun. His character's a lot of fun. Uh, Nurse Roy is uh, <laughs> is, is a he's one of my favorites to uh, to play off of. He gives us <laughs> Roy is our boy. Roy is our boy. He's 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 like the nurse who hands out like all the the drugs in town. <laughs> And Pokemon, so that's so funny, man. I love that concept. When you first told me about it, like when I first saw that you guys were doing, it, I was just like, "Oh my god, that sounds wild, right?" It's gonna be tight. It's fun, yeah. But we have we have a, we have a great time. If you're into Pokemon or kind of narrative driven podcasts or tabletop podcasts, I think you'll have a good. time. Oh yeah, it checks a lot of boxes for sure. Um, but yeah, man. So we got together about doing this episode. You would actually text me about this. Uh, the uh, the Rocco's Netflix original that they were doing, and I was just like, man, I hadn't checked it out yet, because um, they they dropped a couple of, around the same time the Invader Zim one, and the it was Rocco's like back to back. It was Rocco was yeah. one week, and literally it was one fr- on a Friday we got Rocco's Modern Life, and literally the next Friday we got Invader Zim. Yeah, which like the Invader Zim, I think we even talked about it because you had texted me about it, and I was just like, eh, the Invader Zim's a little wasted on me because I'm like. That's not really like I was never a fan whenever that was out. It definitely has a niche audience that's gotten very big, but it's still niche. It's not for everybody. Yeah, when I was in middle school, it was like the girls that shot the hot topic. That was like their core audience. I mean, notice all of the invaders and Gurr stuff that is sold at Hot Topic. So oh God, you are not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. So you text me about this, uh, the Static Cling Rocco's Modern Life Netflix um, little featurette i guess they did it was only 45 minutes long but i just thought it was interesting because he had messaged me about it so i checked it out and i was just like man this is 
it's just like plays so much so well onto like the nostalgic culture that we all like have come to know like in our time now and it's interesting to see a, a show that we grew up with kind of tackling that idea of like the way things are now and kind of how the the lens that we see this show through in a present day you know what i mean so it was interesting man so just you know just the the talk of nostalgia in general i think had to be had because I don't know. It, it's just like so, such a at the core of this, and we talked about it before. It was like we've seen this happen with with other shows around the time, right? Yeah. So this one's interesting. So Rocco's Modern Life, the revival, was an interesting take. So this was announced a few years ago. I want to say it was like Comic Con twenty sixteen, maybe. Something I want. Like it that, was yeah. like twenty sixteen. It's been a few years. It's been in the works for a while, uh, and you know, Nicktoons. Growing, I've watched a lot of TV, guys. Uh, a lot of cartoons <laughs> on all the networks. So I loved Rocco's Modern Life, and I was like, oh, cool, we're getting that, and Invader Zim, and at the time, Hey Arnold, they all got announced at like the same Comic-Con, and I was like, awesome. And then they kind of fell off the radar. They weren't at the next Comic-Con or the next Comic-Con, but we still kind of knew they were coming. So I was really excited when this one finally got announced to be on Netflix, and I don't know if that was in the original plan or, or what the deal was, but it ends up on Netflix. Um yeah, this is interesting. So the three we the three that I think of, they all kind of got announced around the same time was Hey Arnold, Rocco's Modern Life, and Invader Zim. And uh, this, I think all three of them actually have very different approaches to how they do their quote unquote revival or quote unquote return. I think uh, I really like to your point though. This one tackles nostalgia really head on. Um, and you know there are. <laughs> certain Netflix shows, definitely not called Fuller House, that blatantly pander <laughs> that blatantly pandered to all of our worst nostalgia instincts. It's like it doesn't mean anything other than that, oh, it gives me warm fuzzies because it reminds me of a thing I saw when I was a kid. And this this the static cling, it does that. It does that, but it also doesn't do it for no reason. Um it brings all of that into play. I would say I would say the first half of it really you feel like okay this is another nostalgia trip it's fun it's great it's nostalgia trip like the old Rocco style and all those like Easter eggs and fun things we loved about Rocco growing up with the modern context see but what what I thought was really cool about it was when we get to the end or really the the latter I'd say the last act of the the forty four minute movie uh, was that it's using that familiarity to 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 tell to to send a message like hey. The world's changing. It's kind of scary, and we're all finding new ways to distract ourselves. But really, these—a lot of it—is because we're afraid and uncertain of the future. So, despite having all this really crazy high-tech stuff that lets us do all these things, we're still kind of like clinging. No pun intended. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that had to have been because I've been trying to figure out why static cling. What does right. that mean? Clinging to the past, that's all and I got. Static, never moving. Ooh, that's good. Fuck! Yeah, we, solved we, we solved it right there. Holy shit. I literally just thought of that. Seriously? I On like, the fly. Dude, that's insane. Nice. So static cling, things that don't change, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Geniuses right here. Nickelodeon, hire us. This is the why we make the big bucks, baby. <laughs> this is why Caleb's on 16 podcasts, goddammit. <laughs> Getting close. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, but um, I, th- yeah, I think uh, what it's saying, though, ultimately, is that by focusing so much on the things we, we miss or love about the past, we're really missing out on the things that are happening right in front of us today. And we're not going to be able to have, I mean, it's really interesting because I, th- I feel like a common complaint, it's not just like film critics, I feel like I hear it a lot from even like average TV watchers or film goers, like, 
man, Hollywood doesn't make anything original. And then I'm going to go back and watch Fast and Furious 9 or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's the same sure. people who say that, see the all the sequels or the throwback or the watch Fuller House or whatever. Uh, and listen, no shade if that's the case. But I just like this idea that saying, hey, because we can't get off of this stuff, we're onto this stuff because we're scared. Like, it's like a, and not like, you know visually scared it's like a, a social anxiety right. or, or like a, a cultural anxiety is probably not social yet cultural anxiety so we're like latching these things and because we're doing that we can't put like there aren't new ideas that are getting put out there because everyone's so afraid you know so i just thought it was surprisingly insightful i did not expect it to get nearly this insightful uh but I thought it was really, and it was really sweet. It wasn't mean spirited at all. Like in the end of the day, like I felt really good. You know, I think uh, another way you could take that, which I think maybe Invader, Invader Zim leans into a little more in some ways, is being a lot more cynical about about that. Oh yeah, for sure. I thought that was the easy way out, and I, I think it's it's the easy way out to do that. But this movie is celebrating the things about the past that we love, but also using that thing, using the thing of the past to communicate a message that hey, we got to move forward. Yeah, it didn't feel like it was like a, a reboot for the sake of like, let's just bring this back to do a thing. It's like, seemed very purposeful as like, we want to bring this back for the reason of showing that we're not bringing this back just to, as like a cash grab, but more as like a narrative of like how fandom and fan culture has evolved. Yeah, no, and that's kind of the other cool thing is, you know, I guess I, I need to go back and watch the original series because I'm curious. I didn't, I don't think I fully appreciate the kind of, kind of social or cultural commentary the show had on the 90s because I was a, we were living in it right right so I think if I watched it now I'd appreciate but I feel like it is kind of doing that same thing for today which really I'm actually kind of like you know what I could go for some more Rocco and not because I want like more like nostalgia throwback I think I go for some more Rocco because I feel like after static cling they have a lot more to say I feel like they have a lot more like in 2019 a lot of the stuff they were saying in the 90s is actually more relevant now and I think there's a lot of cool, potentially cool stories they could tell in that universe. And I'm, if, again, like as long as they're new stories that aren't like pandering to just nostalgia for nostalgia's sake, I actually think it's pretty cool. No, for real, man. And there was a lot of things like, um, I do remember the show being like a little risky. Um, not at the time when you're watching it as a kid. Like you don't really know. You don't pick up on the undertext or the, uh, the undertone. Like you don't realize like some of these jokes they're making are kind of sexual. Which is really funny. Like Rocco's oh. did that real well. Like there was some like low key. I remember an episode where Rocco's like literally on a like runs like a fo phone sex thing, like a phone sex line. Yes. And you're like, what oh the fuck? Like, what's how going did this on? Fly, dude. Well, or um, uh, how what, what's it? The big man, the 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 superhero, right? Is it what's his name? Oh, really, really big Real, man. Yeah, really, really big man. <laughs> how he has his superpower is his nipples shoot out. Yeah, and wrap, that was, like around people. That's so weird. That fucked me up. I was like, yeah. uh, I did not remember this. That was like, I got caught with a lot of that stuff. That it was like, it was like a thing that someone was a big fan of Rocco's would like catch every like little nod to the show that they would do. And I feel like a lot of them shits were going over my head. Like, right. dang it, I probably there was probably something yeah. there because like they seemed to acknowledge something there, but I wasn't quite catching on. So I think you were right though when you when you were talking about it earlier that the way that this one came across is is, is a lot different than some of the revival 
um, the other revival shows that Nickelodeon has produced. And I know you mentioned you hadn't seen the Invader Zim one yet, right? No, no I have seen Invader you Zim. Have, yeah. I haven't seen yeah. that one. What did you think of that one? Uh, I really liked Invader Zim a lot. It's definitely a lot different. Like I said, I do think it is a lot more uh, cynical <laughs> than, uh, <laughs> than Hey Arnold. It doesn't really... Okay, so it doesn't lean into the nostalgia culture so much, but both... Okay, so both of them are making... Comment are, are commenting on our obsession with like technology. Rocco's is doing it, kind of painting it in a more like nicer, like oh yeah, this is probably not good, but also we're we're doing it because we're trying to escape from this anxiety our culture collectively feels. Right, um, Invader Zim like is very cynical. He, there's a my favorite line. One of my, one of my favorite lines that kind of uh, uh, underlines one of the themes of the movie is. This whole time, this whole time, I was trying to subjugate the humans, and all I had to do was charge them for it. Because he's basically his whole scheme is he's basically selling people iPhone like iWatches that'll like take over their brains, and and yeah, it's bonkers. Like basically, he, the whole goal is to get all these people to have these watches, and then to deploy an us. If you guys have seen that movie, where everyone there's like children around the world, around the entire world, holding hands, and that's how he's gonna like make the world teleport. Anyway, I guess that's kind of spoilery, but. <laughs> it's he's using kind of like they, they comment on like our obsession with like technology and like consumer culture that we're obsessed with stuff um and even the fan culture like the outrageous like fandoms and i think i think about invader zim that's kind of cool as a general theme that's still present in the new one is that the whole world's going to shit and that normal humans in these in these in the show don't know like they're just distracted by stuff like they're stupid like dumb or they're not paying attention uh which I'm like, huh? Maybe that's probably in the original show, but I had that's never, too true to life. I had never thought about that. That's kind of, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I would say that one's different. Invader Zim. Okay, so Rocco is directly head-on acknowledging nostalgia. They're like, hey, we've been gone for 20 years. I mean, it's in the, it's in it's in the fiction. Invader Zim picks up like nothing happened. Like the whole the, the uh, you find that out in the first like five minutes. So no spoilers for the premise, but like. Zib has been sitting in a chair and gets very overweight and gross and grows a neck beard and all that stuff sitting at his computer screen. And, and Invader Zim has been standing in a toilet laughing for, and this is like an unspecified amount of time. So Jesus, that's a, so they just roll, it just rolls like the show never ended, which I actually think is kind of cool because it doesn't lean into the nostalgia at all, but it does kind of have commentary on things today weren't a thing when the show went off the air. And I think both of these are different than Hey Arnold because Hey Arnold had a totally different purpose, which was in a lot of ways, that, and that was, uh, that's the uh, Hey Arnold Jungle movie uh, that came out, I think, two, I think it was Thanksgiving 2017. I remember because I watched it. I think that's thing. right, yeah. I watched it over <laughs> Thanksgiving. I, I bought it on YouTube and watched it while I was on vacation. Uh, so I think that was when, yeah, yeah, uh, Thanksgiving 2017. So almost two years ago now. And even though they were announced at the same time, just again, very different. And you might actually have some more insight into into some of the decisions made from that because I know you had your interview with Jim Lang uh, a while yeah. back. Uh, but that one didn't perform as well in the demographic they were chasing, is my understanding. Uh, so that's why, and I suspect that's why Rocco and Invader Zim didn't make it on a Nickelodeon and instead went to Netflix. But uh, that movie... Instead, it is it does pick up like the show never went off the air, but it serves a different purpose than Zim. Like Zim, they could still keep making more Zim. Hey Arnold, I guess they could make more, but it really kind of feels like a series finale in a lot of ways. That's pretty cool. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know. You have anything? On the, yeah, I thought? mean, it was more of like that. It, it's not like this take on 
hey, isn't this crazy how, like, nostalgia is a thing right now? Or isn't it funny how everyone's sheeple? Because that's never really been the vibe of Hey Arnold. It's always been, like, very much like a slice of life. Like, isn't it interesting? Isn't this guy, this kid interesting and all these people that he interacts with? Isn't this funny, these things that happen? And so it's probably one of the most slice of life shows that I can think of. But the purpose of that, the reboot, I guess you could call it, for lack of a better word, was to really tie up the loose ends of like what actually happened to Arnold's parents. Well, because it ended, it ended on a cliffhanger, right? Like it ended, I, you know, it, that was kind of like Samurai Jack, another show I really like. That where they brought it back, but they brought it back with a very specific purpose of right. like wrapping it up. Yeah, and so that was exactly it. Is that, and there had been such a, a huge gap in time from when that show ended to when they were bringing back the the movie. Um, and so uh, when we talked to Jim, he had mentioned that it was a, like exactly what you had said. Like th- when they showed it Thanksgiving uh, 2017, was it? I think so, yeah. They, uh, the, the it performed gangbusters for our age, the millennials. Yeah, like 20 to 30 year olds. <laughs> but the people that they wanted to hit at Nickelodeon, those the generation behind us, it didn't do very well. And so from a network standpoint, it wasn't a success because it, you know, they didn't reach their target audience. Right. And so that was that was the the consensus at the studio because at the end of the day it is a business. Yeah. And so technically they didn't they did not reach the purpose. They did not fulfill the purpose that they set out to do. And so um I had mentioned to Jane to Jim that yeah, like that was like I remember everyone I talked to was like, I like this is so awesome that they did this. But it wasn't the purpose of like what who Nickelodeon was trying to hit, and so Jim Jim had mentioned that he just really hoped that maybe one day that Netflix maybe could pick it up, like a streaming service would pick up Hey Arnold, and that they could maybe keep it going or fill in some gaps or continue the show. And um, it seems like maybe that's maybe you know Hey Arnold was like the the sacrificial lamb almost, like yeah. that they they saw how those did. And Hey Arnold's even a little bit newer than than especially Rocco's, but I'd say Zim and Hey Arnold probably were hitting around the same time. Hey Arnold's probably a little bit older. Than I think Zim. Hey Arnold's like uh, mid to late nineties. Zim showed up, uh, I think, early two thousands. Yeah. All the way. Also, I've been thinking about this a lot. Sidebar, pick it up. Early guys, everyone. Early two thousands. Weird. Television oh, yeah. was weird. Cartoons were weird. Yeah. Just throwing that out there. You are correct. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. I mean, I think that's just what it was. Is that they realized that this came out at this certain time and it didn't do well with this audience that they were aiming for so they thought i think maybe i mean i don't know that they were planning a nickelodeon release for the zim and the rocco's thing rocco's is man that's like almost kids that grew up in the 80s more i think so because that was early 90s i mean we grew up and it was there were you know re-airings but something i didn't realize and so i was really digging to it and I, i actually listened to an interview with the show's creator joe murray uh, on this, I didn't realize it had been. It went off the like new episodes s- stopped being produced in '96, right? Which I was like, but I was watching that show for years. So I mean, it was just they were just re-airing it. So it, what's interesting to me uh, in this, this interview is on the Collider Radio podcast. Uh, they have like a Saturday morning special. They interviewed both weeks the creator of Invader Zim and uh, of Rocco's Modern Life. But Rocco's Modern Life, they let he was the one who ended the show because it was actually doing. It was yeah. wildly popular. He went out on top like he, Jordan. Yes. 
Yeah, it was like super popular, but he had some personal stuff going on that he felt was more important. Um, I think his spouse had passed away. And why not go out on top, man? Like, I, 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 go out the top of your game. Like that's a baller move. Well, dude. and clearly it worked because 20 years later, they they brought it back, you know? Like, so clearly he did something. It wasn't a bad call. Uh, right, right, right. Uh, so that was interesting to me. I, I would say, I, I would say, yeah, definitely more 80s kids. But yeah, that was so, I think, I mean, I can't say definitively, but. I had to think that if that didn't cause like a pivot, like, oh shit, maybe we should go to Netflix with this. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'd be surprised because I just don't see Rocco's going to something like Nickelodeon. And working. Just, it's just not. It's way too niche. No one knows what that, like my nephew right. doesn't know what that is. Right. Like, And he's like, I mean, he's a little younger than that. So I did have, I did have a friend on, fa- I posted on Facebook. I gave like a little just fun for fun, I put my quick thoughts down on Invaders and the Invaders and movie on Facebook because I also had a lot of friends I saw talking about it. So I was like, "Ooh, let's get a conversation rolling." So I put up a post, and I did have a couple of parents be like, "Hey, yeah." So I showed both my kid, both my kids, and they hated Zim and Jeez. got bored. I know, uh, but they liked Rocco. So like maybe wow. okay. Um, here's what I hope happens. I kind of hope that these do really well for Netflix and Netflix uh, negotiates a deal with uh, Nickelodeon because I think you're right for television. I don't think these revivals will likely, I don't expect them to work very well on the network. But if they can, if Nickelodeon can license them, I think they could all do better on Netflix because Netflix is not as, I don't think, I mean, I don't fully know how Netflix's KPIs work or how they measure success, but I do know it's more based off of how produ- uh, how productive the show, like, how well the how fast it came together on what, what budget uh, and how many people tune in. I don't know the full story. They kind of keep that stuff under wraps. Yeah, so they don't even release their metrics. So you're like, no. how many people saw that? No, and they they'll self report sometimes. Like, oh, 130 million people watch this. Like they right. must love it. Which is interesting. It's interesting though because it's so different than we're used to. Like off a of box off, it's like okay, 130 people tuned in, but how much money? Like how do you know you got subscribers off of that? Very different business model. So I don't 100 percent know how they measure success, but I'm hoping. A lot of people tuned in on Netflix, and it causes them to. I mean, like Rocco and Zim, and maybe even Hey Arnold for that matter. I I really feel like, especially those latter, those first two, both of them kind of leaving a place where they could very easily pick up more. I mean, Invader Zim, like the status. Well, spoiler. Status quo is basically back, like to what it was. So. Uh, and Rocco has a new status quo, which I think is kind of cool. So I feel like they could crank more episodes out, and I, I would be interested in seeing more revivals. Uh, like I said, I as long as they are done thoughtfully, um, like Rocco's Modern Life, Static Cling especially, and Invaders into a lesser degree, um, because I, I like that these shows are back and it feels like they have something new to say because the culture has, in some ways, is very similar. Like some things didn't change very much at all. Other things, however, have changed a lot. So... I don't know. I feel like there's a lot of potential there. Just, just throwing your curveball, Harold. But just All your right. friend, like, if there was, are there any other like random Nickelodeon shows that haven't been revived that you'd be like, hey, we should bring this back? I was literally gonna ask you that. Oh, that is so funny. I was thinking about this, and you know what? I would like to see that. You know, I haven't seen the series in a long time, but I would like to kind of see what they might do with it. Is a uh, but ugly Martians? No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> we are the Martians. <laughs> Wow, God, they did a good That's job a at catchy at, at catchy <laughs> theme songs. We're, we are the we are the Martians, the butt kicking Martians. God. Bro, I can't. We don't right. want to conquer Earth. We just want to fill our girth. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck? 
How did that get on TV? Dude, I have no idea. Early two, I'm telling you guys, early 2000s was weird. So there's two that come to mind that I was thinking about earlier because I was going to ask you this. And one that I would like to see is Kablam. Oh, God. Kablam would be great. I fucking loved Kablam. Yeah. And I'm like, how the hell did they have a damn naked character in this shit and get away with the it? The flush. He's super strong and super naked. <laughs> And so I was like, holy shit. I like so, the melt man, you know? Yeah. <laughs> He's just always melting. <laughs> the power to melt. God. Man. And Prometheus and Bob. Oh, like, there's a lot of cool God. stuff that I think they could bring up to date with, like, some humor, inject, like, the culture now. Right. And do some interesting things with that show. And uh, the other one is one that I can't com- can't claim as being, like, a top fan of, but I've always respected it, is The Last Airbender. Oh, man. It'd be cool to see them do some more episodes of that. That was such an outlier in that block. So, because it would be like, yeah. It would literally be like Bud Ugly Martians, Avatar, and then like Jimmy Neutron. And you're like, what the fuck is this awesome, like, God, anime inspired show going, doing here? I forgot about Jimmy Neutron. And, you know, Avatar The Last Airbender was a huge hit. So, I have feelings about that. And I don't want to turn this into an Avatar talk. I actually hope it would be cool with The Last Airbender being as is. I I actually, I mean, I love Avatar The Last Airbender. I think it's fantastic. But I feel like they told the story they wanted to tell with those characters, which is why I want more stuff like The Legend of Korra. Korra, not as good as The Last Airbender, but I still really like it a lot. I, I still think it's exceptional. And they were trying to aim for a slightly older demographic for that, which, again, got it off of uh, Nickelodeon, pulled it off of the network. After oh, yeah. They, uh, halfway th- it was like halfway through season two, they were like, or season three, they're like, and the rest of it's going to be online. <laughs> like, literally, that's what happened. Um, and then I would like to see more stories in that universe for sure, though. I would love that. but That's right, what I'm saying. Maybe not like a revival, but... Well, you know they are doing one, right? You know, the, you know they're doing a, but no, and I'm actually not a fan of this. Uh, but they're doing a live action adaptation oh, of Avatar: The Last yeah. Airbender on Netflix. Yeah, I do remember that now. I thought you meant like the animation. I was oh, like, God, I wish. Well, that's the thing. I just think there are certain things that are like not everything that's animated is as cool live action. Like it just doesn't translate. Lion King, for example. I didn't say that. Damn. Shots That's fired. a take, pal. Shots fired. I'm just kidding. Uh, well, you know, like there's a certain like the expressions are stronger. We're getting right. off on a tangent, so but yeah, <laughs> I appreciate that you respect Avatar. I'm with you on that. I don't like. I didn't. I don't know. I can't claim to be a super fan because like I watched it. I watched it sporadically. I didn't just sit and binge it. I didn't watch every episode. To this day, I had, still haven't seen every episode of that show. But I respect the craft, and I love the. The anime influence. I love everything about the show. There's nothing wrong with it. But I just would like to see maybe them bring it up, like to do some more stuff with it or in that universe or something like that. It's too, there's too much potential there, I feel right. like, you know? And then Kablam is just like my shameless. That'd be super easy. I love that shit and I would love to see it like be redone. Well, cause you know, like, like, like the concept, you know, like the concept for Kablam, I think would be very adaptable. Oh, yeah. You could retro, retroactively like put in some shit that's like popular now or things that have happened in the time that the show has been off the air, type of thing. But gonna turn the curveball on you now, sir. What do you think? Oh man, okay, this is a tough one because I I feel like you took the really good answers. Um, so things that I think would be adaptable to modern. I'm gonna keep it to Nicktoons. I think that makes the most okay. sense, right? Because uh, I have other like Cartoon Network shows, I might th- 
throw out there, but um, that would be good today. I'd be interested to see how Cat Dog could do it, bro. I liked Cat Dog a lot. I mean, so another early two thousands guys. It was freaking weird. What was Winslow? Was that the Winslow little, was the rat? The little blue and rat. And there was the the rabbit, rancid rabbit. Oh, who was yeah. like the who was like the mayor and the rich dude, and he was everywhere. I don't I, I don't <laughs> remember all the things he did, but like there was that one time that crashed on the island, and he was the island chief. Like it was always a thing. Um, that was a weird show. I'd be into it. Um, looking at a list here. No, I don't think the Wild Thornberries or Rocket Power need We're to get trashing. brought back. Yeah, yeah, I don't think those need to be brought back. And, you know, as much as I really liked Rugrats and Doug, I feel like... They tried that with Rugrats and it was garbage. It wasn't... Oh, I forgot they did do that. Oh, it, it was bad. Rocket Power would kind of be tight, but I see what you're saying. I do like Rocket Power. Well, I don't know. Well, here's the thing. that That's a... And I think it was technically an early 2000s show, maybe late 90s was when it first came on. That was like cashed in on our obsession with extreme sports oh, yeah. in the 90s. It was an X Games cash grab. Y- yes. <laughs> and it worked. I mean, um, I don't know. Would it, would it, okay. Rocket Power. Hear, hear me out. If we're going to bring Rocket Power back into a 2019 context, it's all about esports. Oh, shit. <laughs> I don't know if that would be good, but it's an idea. That would be insane. You know how all the kids were obsessed with skateboarding and surfing? Well, now they're just obsessed with League of Legends and Dota. So. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, gosh, I think that's about that. Honestly, cat, oh, I'm looking at a list here. Of the ones that I feel like would have something to add, I mean, yeah, Cat Dog, I don't know. That's kind of a weird show, though. It's kind of like Invader Zim, where it's like not really about the culture much. Maybe Doug, maybe. I think that's a stretch, though. I don't know, man. This is your choice, so say whatever you want. I, I, you know, SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh, wait. <laughs> He's still on the air. Dude, SpongeBob is going to outlive us. He is. Uh, what's his name? Hillenberg, who is also in Steven, Steven Hillenberg, Hillenberg who was, peace. uh, well, and he worked on Rocco. Am I imagining? I think he worked on Rocco back in the day. I think he did work on yeah. Rocco's, yeah. Um, yeah. That's cool, man. He's no, like, I he's like, like Walt Disney. He's that, he's not dead. He's just frozen somewhere. <laughs> he's an the, anti-Semite. Still, oh God. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Cat dog. I'm just throwing it out there. I don't know if it would be good or if you're going to do rocket power, it needs to be something crazy weird like esports. That show. would be pretty funny, actually. I never, I never thought of that, but that's a good idea. Yeah. I mean, you could, you know, like set it like an avert, like even, oh, you know, I think they could make that work pretty easily. Like it's them putting on the headphones and stuff. And all of a sudden then you're in the game. Like you incorporate the game. Oh yeah. Nickelodeon. Call me right now. Ian Harold are available. Shit. They're like going into the game, like skate or something. It's like, yeah, like, uh, uh, what is that? Um, like reboot or something, like where they go into the game. Oh yeah, what's that anime that does that? I should know that, but I don't. Mm, I oh wait, hold on. Well, I mean, there's stuff like Summer Wars, the movie, but there's um, what's the uh something art online? What is it? Sword, uh, Sword art, art online. online. There you go. Sword or Code Leo. Uh, Code Leo. Yeah. <laughs> Code you remember Leoka. that with the big forehead? Yeah. That's yeah. funny. Yeah, that's funny, dude. That would be tight to see for sure. Um, well, I guess we can get more into like a spoiler talk of Rocco's, uh, the actual um, Static Cling special that came out on Netflix. Uh, I know we kind of danced around it. And I wanted to I wanted to take time to for sure to talk about those 
those other Nickelodeon like revival things and some tangential stuff with uh, nostalgia going on. I'm glad you did because I, for me, that's the most interesting thing about it. I love all like all three of the revivals we talked about. They all I think are, are really great. I have actually, unlike a lot of revivals we're getting right now, because I'm not gonna lie, I'm really sick of them. Gen- I've gotten to the point. I say that, but then every time I'm like, oh, I'm so over them, and they announce something, I'm like, ah, crap. Okay, I I'm gonna watch it. I watch it. Uh, <laughs> but like, I think they all like for Hey Arnold, it's completion and and kind of like closing that chapter for hey uh for for Rocco it's like looking back fondly on what was but also like maybe having us question why we do that thing uh and then for Invader Zim I was just like yeah the world's still awful (laughs) (laughs) the world's still awful meaning Invader Zim is still very relevant that's funny uh but yeah man so you know I'd mentioned earlier kind of the way I wanted to do this was not necessarily like a shot by shot um, but we'll just talk about like the high points, low points, what we liked, what we didn't like type of thing. Um, I'll just start by reading the little synopsis real quick. Oh, sure, sure. Uh, after being stuck in space for 20 years, Rocco and his friends returned to late 2010s era O-Town with modern amenities such as constantly updating touchscreen phones, radioactive energy drinks, food trucks, and coffee shops on every corner. Rocco, who does not share Heifer and Filbert's enthusiasm for the 21st century, attempts to get his favorite television show, The Fatheads, back on the air since it's the last remnant of his past. To do so, he goes on a quest to find Ralph Bighead, the show's creator. So I thought it was like an interesting concept, and I have to admit, like at the very beginning, it's like fucking bonkers, because I'm like, this is all over the place. Like, what is this? Did, okay, uh, if, you tell, if you don't know the answer, that's fine. It might... Did they, did the show, it was the last episode of the show in the 90s, them launching into space. I, I need to go back and find out. I didn't watch, but I was trying to read like synopsis and shit. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on that they're like flying in this? Well, because they, they make it sound like, and again, I don't know because I haven't seen it in so long. But they make it sound like that was the end of the show. When and we last saw our, our <laughs> heroes. I was like, what? So like, I'm like, the that- things that I read, I was like, this does not say that they blasted off into space. Like what? Right. But, like, it's weird because knowing that the show went out on its own terms, I'm like, oh, so maybe they did write it that... I need to go back and watch the last episode of the show. Right. But, yeah, but so this one picks up, yeah, like, where they're in space. Yeah, it's bonkers. Like, they've been watching the same Fathead special for, like, 20 years. Apparently, Heifer's had the remote shoved up his butthole for, like, 20 years. They, uh, it's so dumb the way they do it. But when they get back, it's funny because, like, I mean, that is interesting to see, like, how the world is now and how it was different and how that's addressed in the show mm-hmm. now that they're back 20 years later. And so it's it's interesting. They, like, do funny things. Like, they make fun of Starbucks, and they go from one coffee shop to another, and they're literally across the street across the from street. each other. I'm like, how many fucking Starbucks are there? It's so true. I like how the energy drinks, like, mutate people and stuff. Yeah. Like, like, it's just like the Red Bull people. They're, they're shooting it out of, like, canisters and spraying yeah. it on people, you know? It's funny, man, because, like, it's pretty meta with the way that it's, like, talking about like culture and things that are going on now yeah there's the taco thing another one the food trucks thing yeah. that makes fun of the food truck culture like i don't know it's just kind of catching up well, one on everything that's happened since it's been off air well even the fact that his house is now like in the middle of like like there's like chains everywhere like oh, he's yeah. surrounded by like chains everywhere yeah imminent domains coming in on his ass yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> What did you think that as a as a narrative though that the 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 plot point is oh he wants to get the show back on air the whole thing is centered around this so at first kind of touching on something I hit on earlier at first I was kind of annoyed well not annoyed I just was like okay well here we go I was the same you know, exact way it's like okay well it's a 
All right. Well, they're gonna be they're gonna be meta about this nostalgia by having Rocco go find the creator of his favorite show that's been off the air for twenty years, right? See, and that is that is meta. You just don't figure out. You don't see the whole picture until like, like fully understand what they're doing with it until the end. So at first, I was like, okay, well, uh, all right, I guess we're going here. I wasn't upset, but I just was like, all right, well, you like knew what they were like. Okay, I know what this is now. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that the way they they that played out was really cool, uh, and it makes. And I think this is you know again having seen the original show in a long time, it really makes you feel like yeah, like Rocco is you. You're the viewer. You, right, you and Rocco right. want the same thing. We want Rocco's Modern Life back on TV. Like, we want the same thing. So I think that was kind of cool, and I like how the whole world's going crazy. Their economy... I, God, this touches on so much. The economy of their town... Is O-Town, right? Is that the name of it? O-Town. O-Town collapses because Mr. Fathead's a crappy baby boomer guy, Like, uh, and, and Rocco doesn't care about any of that stuff. He's just like, I just want my favorite show back on. It feels like so millennial. Like, the world's burning down around us. Things are crazy, but let's just get our show back on. Right. You know? Um, uh, and not to... Sorry, I say I'm throwing generational things around there but i do think there is a certain element of the show like the mr big head definitely feels kind of like the older you know end of his career yeah you know stuck in his ways versus rocco who's like i don't really care about any of that i just want the immediate satisfaction of being able to get the, find the thing that gives me pleasure immediately and doesn't really pay attention to the stuff that's going on around him so i thought that was pretty cool no yeah i think the way that they tackle it is really like was really smart and i think it, it i realized it was done well when they as like the very it's like seriously within the last five minutes that it ties it up and you're like fuck i was like dang they got me i was yeah. like okay i wrote this off i thought i knew what it was gonna be and then they kind of like turned me on my head i was like dang it like you guys tied it up real nice there at the end very well um well and even the the, the twist uh, is it okay if i talk about kind of the big twist yeah i'd mentioned earlier we're getting more into like a spoiler talk so. okay well, just okay. So his journey to find the creator, I think, is fun. I also do find it hilarious how those two—I don't know what creatures they are—but the people who are always the producers in the old show. He's oh like, yeah. He's like, I want the fat head. They get Mr. Big Head to go back to his boss to get the money for the show, but the, he wants to hire really crappy, dumb producers to make this thing. So they're like, Oh my God, Rocco, it's gonna be bad. You gotta go find the original creator, my son Ralph, who left twenty years ago. I just thought that whole commentary on like studio hollywood was kind of funny like these guys don't know why this show is great why are you letting them make it you know and it should have been i you know what i haven't seen yet that i bet has been made is um people putting like benioff and weiss oh my god on those two that would be hilarious <laughs> i just thought of that that has to have been and that hasn't been memed it needs to be we need to make it if it's not we'll look it up after the show because that's i just it just dawned on me when you said the two like there right two, creators there were two so it was like holy shit and they're I mean, I, I, I am, uh, yeah, sure. I don't hate Benioff and Weiss as most as most people, but I think it's also kind of a hilarious It's a meme. good joke. It's a good meme. That's a great we'll meme. We'll see. We'll see if it's been made. It has Harold, been. if it hasn't been made, man, you, you know Photoshop. <laughs> you got the skills. You got the talent. You can make it happen. Make it viral. Well, and the one part, so I have to admit that one part I did see, it was funny, before I watched it, because you had texted me and I hadn't seen it at that point, but I'd seen one scene taken from the from the show and it was when um they find the creator big heads uh oh you had seen that be, uh yeah so oh, it got it was okay. a, like a little bit of a spoiler i guess but it was like it was just talking about how that they were excited that they included a transgendered character yeah 
Yeah. So, uh, of course, the big the big twist being that Ralph, not only did he walk away from being a showrunner, he went through soul searching, and over the last twenty years uh, has uh, is a you know is a transgender character, so has has had that change, uh, and is now Rachel. That was a really cool twist. I was surprised. I'm and I'm. I don't know if that's one of the reasons Nickelodeon sold it to Netflix or not, because it seems kind of edgy for children's Ed, TV. Yeah. But I know they did work with Glad on this. Like, it wasn't... Like oh, they, I didn't know that. That's yeah, tight. Yeah. Like, they had to... They, they brought them in to kind of, like, make sure everything works. So, I am not going to pretend to be an expert on the on the subject, but I do think it's a really cool and insightful and touching way it to... It cool to see. To, well, it demonstrates, I feel like, so much of what's going on in the culture... There are people who don't understand why people are changing, and it's because these people were never happy to begin with. So these changes unfold, and it just, I don't know, it just feels so real, you know? No, yeah, it's, it's, I like the way that they do it, and I like the way that they write in the reactions of our, our protagonists. Because, yeah. like, they're like, oh, that's cool, like, oh, okay, like. Yeah, they it, were all more. like, ugh, or like anything, like, crazy like that. I love the reactions, and I love, like, the way that they wrote that in, um, I enjoy that that per like the that character Rachel is like such a centerpiece of the narrative. Yeah. Because that is an important thing because it's like it just shows like I don't know, it, it, it's inclusion. Right. You see like that that's a tough thing especially for people of color especially. Right. People of color um you know LGBTQ community like yep. not seeing a character in a show is like it's it's hard to identify with because you're like man I don't feel like I'm included in this it's like every character is like a, a straight white male right. or something and so that I, I was like man this is badass for like this like yeah, big I, character is like the whole plot is basically built around yeah, this character yeah and it's not even yeah it's not even like, it's not even like some sort of uh they didn't just like put it in there I mean, they didn't shoehorn it no it didn't shoehorn it and it didn't just it wasn't just there to be like oh look at how things have changed i mean it was but it was like that like you know Rachel's journey, or, or the the outcome of Rachel's journey, really I think highlights the core themes of the movie, which is hey, things are changing, and sometimes that's scary. But at the end of the day, are you going to spend all your time asking, "Man, I sure miss the old days," or are you gonna are you gonna focus on the really valuable things that are there right now, so that you can build new things in the future? You know, well, and how how impactful is that reaction whenever? Rachel gets to the studio and and her dad is like, I don't have a daughter, I have a son. Yep. And leaves and it's like, oh my god, how many how many man. people's experience is that? Exactly. And so it's like, oh my god, this is like some big shit that they're tackling in this. It's heavy. it's a fucking cartoon. It's a cartoon, right? Yeah, no, I that's uh, yeah, I think that yeah, spot on. Like it's that representation, like in, in making her Rachel such a, a fully fledged out character. And making that part of the story, like the fact that Mr. Big Head like straight out rejects, you know, Rachel, you know, when he gets back to the studio, I'm like, dude, I can't believe they're going there. It was intense. But also the way that they brought it back, too, I thought was really, really sweet. You know, it's like, oh, Mr. Big Head's such a, you know, he's such a douchebag. Like, but that's all, he was always that way. Um, but I think it's cool how they, Rachel, while sad, finds a way to she still clearly like loves her growing you know what i mean like she still remember fondly remembers her childhood and the way she's able to again utilize that to tell a new story you know uh that we see at the end of the movie you know tell a new story with those same characters right and i didn't think it was so at first when i watched it it was like 
it was interesting the way that they wrote in the winds of change. Mm-hmm. Which I thought at first I was like, man, this is too on the nose. Right. But then like thinking about it later, it's like, oh man, how, how powerful is that? That it was such a small part that they wrote in where it was like, can you, can you uh, push us to the, where the, where the screening's going to be? So the, the thing that actually carries them to that is the winds of change. Winds of change, yeah. And then we see that redemption with Big Head and Rachel mm. and you're like, oh shit, there's like, some symbolism here that I didn't initially pick up on because I thought it was just like obvious and they do throw in like the fart joke like what the fuck like okay but it was like oh shit I didn't realize the depth of that whenever I first watched it and I'd written it off and I was like oh man how symbolic is that that they are carried to the point of redemption right they interact yeah by the winds of change I was like oh shit yeah no I think that was a really that's a really that's a good observation. I hadn't actually thought about that, uh, Harold. But I think, yeah, yeah, that really highlights I think what the movie's going for. Um, so I think that's just a really I mean think about how powerful that story is. I can't believe and it could have and here's the thing it could have been a shameless like oh yeah just retread of what we already knew. But they, the thing you love here's more of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's exactly the same or worse. It just plays. It's the same jokes. But it, this this movie doesn't do that in any way. I feel like it 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 only uses things like that to prove a point or as a backdrop for the story they're telling about how that stuff is the same and it's changing. Um, I, I thought it was I thought it was powerful. I I, I again and uh, kudos to Joe Murray. Like and kudos to everyone who worked on this. I just think that being game and and even for Nickelodeon. Again, I don't know at what point this was handed off to Netflix, but for Nickelodeon to give them the creative freedom to tell that story like you're saying like that's pretty risky right i think even in 2019 things are getting more progressive but like still having a transgender character in a children's cartoon be like a main character be a big like focal point of the story i, I just unheard of you know no yeah it was and it was done incredibly well and with an incredible amount of tact yes yeah like I, I i feel like that's it's something you know that's the thing it's like yeah, that's on paper. That's edgy, but I don't feel like I feel like it's very like I'd be. I'd love to show this to kids. I mean, I don't have kids, but if I had like a nephew or a niece or something, I would totally be like, "Yeah, check this out," you know, and hope they like it. <laughs> yeah, which I mean, you'd mentioned earlier. You talked to parents that were like, "I did." They hated Zim, but they liked yeah. Rocco. I was like, yeah. "What the fuck?" Yeah, I thought that was weird. I thought that was very strange. But uh, yeah, Zim, Zim's a weird. It's a no, weird you're thing. Right. I love it. I love it, but it's weird, <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's very very. Niche audience. Oh yeah, for sure. Versus Rocco's Modern Life, that I feel like there is a certain like appeal, like just more widespread appeal to it. I agree. Um, but all in all, man, what do you think of this? I mean, I was I was a big fan of it, but I want to get your thoughts. It was like holistically, how do you think they pulled this off? What do you? What's like your your analysis of it, just from like an eagle eye view? Well, I mean, just my eagle eye view is kind of what I've been saying throughout the podcast. Uh, you know. The past was great, and we loved it at the time. Maybe we did, and maybe maybe we all collectively, maybe our cult. I think as a culture, maybe we didn't appreciate. And this is a, a life thing. We don't always appreciate the things we have when we have them. And yes, there were cartoons in the '90s were great. There were a lot of things about the '90s were great, but there were also a lot of things about the '90s that weren't great that we don't remember. Like the fact that there could definitely never have been a transgender character ever in a, within a million miles of a children's cartoon. That never would have happened. Um, so it's great. It's great to fondly remember them, uh, but also like just that by clinging to these things, by clinging to uh, 
the, the nostalgia and the things that make us comfortable because they're safe and they're stable and we know what they are. We're missing out on and, and wanting to go and constantly focusing on how much better it was. We're missing out on these really cool things that are happening in front of us. Uh, and without being able to do that, it makes the future that's already kind of uncertain even scarier if we're not thinking about it, right? So, uh, yeah, I just think that's my take. Like, live in the now so that we can have a better future. Uh, finally remember the past because I think the, I think the movie also does that several times has callbacks like you know again with Rachel rem remembering her childhood and how much she loved her parents like and growing up it's okay to do that but also like you can't dwell on that and let that dictate you know what we're doing today um, or distract yourself with stuff like the Starbucks or the yeah. Or or Filbert with the the he got like the like, selfie cam the selfie cam <laughs> that was <laughs> like, funny like he was like, a blogger or a vlogger I with mean. like yeah oh wasn't that the sweetest thing? we gotta mention that wasn't the sweetest thing he's like I've got four fans yeah and it was his family <laughs> that was a great impression uh, oh my god <laughs> uh, I wish I could meet all five of my fans and they all show up, show up yeah. you can <laughs> isn't that, that was funny that was great that was really sweet so yeah, yeah focus on um focus on the present uh that's how we get new stories new exciting stories sure. focus on the present and uh that way we have a cool future yeah I think we should also mention um I mean I know we weren't we're doing like a play-by-play -play or like minute-by-minute -minute, uh, breakdown, but um, there was one scene I wanted to uh, single out at the end. Um, so, of course, like the entire movie is about the journey of, you know, oh, we got to get the show back on because it's the one thing I remember. So when it finally does get aired and they're watching it, like the whole everyone's watching it. Yeah. Rocco is like upset. Because there's a baby big head. Yeah. Or fat head. Sorry, baby it's, fat head. It's different. So it's different than what he remembered. So he was upset. And so then they're talking to him. He's just like, what? This isn't what I like. And then you see him kind of come to grips like, oh, okay, well, this is a new thing. Okay, well, maybe this is all right. Yeah. So it's just like, wow, what a take on fan culture now because it's like the expectation is so ridiculous with movies, with media in general of like, oh, my God, this is my expectation and if it doesn't meet it, oh, this was like a fucking failure. I, you, I, you, some, I don't have to tell you. You do I, Game of Thrones. Well, so well yeah. Uh, but, I don't but, have to tell you. But, but no, for real though, like I was just talking to someone the other day about uh, a Star Wars movie that is divisive. I won't mention which one, but I'm pretty sure everyone knows which one we're talking oh my about. God. And they were talking about all these rules that the movie broke. I was like, what? Who 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 established <laughs> these rules? Like, who says you can't add new things to a universe? It was the weird. It was, and I was like, I even like talk. I'm like, why? who said this is the like where you can do that you know and like i get it like it's okay to have expectations i think it's fine it's part of what makes fan culture great is when you can speculate but like i think yeah this is a in a very nice gentle way uh is saying hold on cool, fans cool your jets new things are cool too don't like immediately lash out and, def and become defensive because it's different than how you envisioned it or how you remember it. It's just not, it's not real either. So it's like, why the fuck are you getting all like bent out of shape about this made up story, not folding out the way that you thought it should. Right. And you're going to like mail like dead fish and shit to like the owner's houses and stuff. Like uh, this miss is, me with that bullshit for sure. I, I mean, this is a great, uh, I, I mean, this is, I feel like this is every, like, I feel like every week there's a new great example. You mentioned game of Thrones. Uh, I was last Jedi. Yeah, I was talking about that. Uh, like you know, um, and this week, I mean, I don't, I don't know when this podcast is going to air, but this week, uh, Sony and Disney might be breaking up oh with Spider Man. God. And I saw an actual. There were people online trying to rally, protest, and to quote unquote storm the offices of Sony. I'm like, oh guys, those are real people who work at Sony. It's just a. It, I I understand you're frustrated. It's just a character. 
Dude, I it's know. It's fictional. I love it too. It's fictional. The memes that have come out though are Chef's Kiss. It's true. It's like um there was like someone was like four doors and Spider-Man pointing and it's like dead Uncle Ben, but four <laughs> times like, we can't see Spider-Man's we can't see Uncle Ben die for one more. Like, oh another my god, time. yes. <laughs> There was one meme, and this was kind of like more in the film Twitter. So there was that movie that came out uh, on Netflix from the Coen Brothers. Oh crap! What was it called? Buster Scruggs. Or yeah, the, the Ballad of Buster Scruggs. And uh, did you watch that? Uh, no. Oh, okay. Well, there's a scene where uh, a certain character, I won't say who, is like strung up next to all these guys about to get like hung, and one of the characters who had clearly gotten out of it before kind of looks over and says, first time." Oh, so I, have I saw seen someone that meme. Photoshop. Toby Maguire onto one of the dude's heads on oh and then and Tom Holland was looking at him and it was Tom <laughs> Maguire saying first time. I did see that one. I didn't realize that that was because that's James Franco, right? Yeah. yeah oh, yeah, shit. Yeah. You said you weren't going to say who it was. <sighs> Damn it. Fuck. Well, that movie's been out for a yeah, It's been out since Christmas last year. We're good. If you haven't seen it, fuck you. <laughs> I haven't seen it. <laughs> Harold, come on, man. But yeah, no, the memes have been fantastic. Oh, and, yeah. and don't get me wrong. Like, I think it's fun. I think the conversation's fun. It I, is. I think it's when, it's when the conversation goes from, hey, we're having a fun uh, spirited debate or discussion or frustration to it becomes like almost like zealotry or a religious yeah. to some extent Heresy. like and you're like guys spider-man's gonna be okay well people like will and it's like a property that they love and it's like well this is all trash now that it it didn't live up to these very specific expectations that i had so this entire thing is invalid now and i'm like fuck you dude like that is so dumb yeah yeah or people who say, hashtag not my Batman, hashtag not my Luke Skywalker. Oh my God, that hashtag the not Batman my... one too. I mean, we won't get off on a tangent on yeah. that one. But if you're mad about that, then you haven't seen um, Robert Pattinson in anything but Twilight. Because he is a great actor. He's a fantastic actor, actually. He is a great actor. And so I hate when people get typecast like that too. And it's like, motherfucker, he, that was one role he played. It was in something he, he played when he was really er, young, early in his career. And yes, it, it might be the most popular thing he's done, but it's because he actually wants to make movies that aren't like the movies he makes are like, he's worked with a lot of really great directors he's great. and he's gotten really good. So I think he, I mean, he might be what more well equipped for Batman than even Christian Bale was, you know? So he could be, but let's see if we give him a fucking chance. Let's give him a chance. Right. Or yeah. So, I mean, Going back to what you're talking about, I think it, it does comment on fan culture, and it it does so in a nice way, uh, and I would say a very optimistic uh, view of fans right no, now. Yeah, for sure. I, I would agree. say, um, uh, but I do appreciate that it does have that conversation. That's a good point, and yeah. I really hope everyone. Man, I hope it. I hope it. I hope it doesn't get worse. I want to be optimistic and say it's going to get better and not worse. Like everyone's going to hit like the midlife crisis and be like, ah, crap. We spent half our lives freaking out about fictional things <laughs> and the whole world's melting down in front of us. Uh, what are we going to do? Oh, man, for real, dude. Um, well, man, I appreciate you coming out and just talking to me about nostalgic culture in general. And I, I appreciate you reaching out to me about this movie. And like I, I wanted to watch it. So I was just like, let me watch it. Let me just get him on. and We'll talk about it this week. And so, but yeah, man, I appreciate you coming out. Why don't you tell people where they could follow you on uh, social media, keep up with your projects, good stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, so again, uh, Harold, thanks for the invitation. I, I literally was like spitballing there and I was just like, I was like, man, I haven't heard, there haven't been a lot of podcasts with this out. So I just was like, Harold's tunes, tunes. Hey dude, 
have you are you gonna do a podcast on this but i i am now i well no no i <laughs> anyway i just appreciate you firstly the fact that you like took the idea and that firstly and the second you'd invite me i really appreciate that this has been a really fun time i always love talking with you so thanks so much for the invitation and uh bring me on uh people can find me of course uh, i'm most active on twitter tweeting about all the projects uh a lot of films some video games some television uh, at C Masters Talk, that's letter C Masters Talk. Of course, you can find uh, most frequently you can find me over at the Cinematropolis.com. Monthly episodes of our podcast, the Cinematic Schematic, uh, and then the an animated discussion uh, DCAU is on hiatus. But I highly recommend if you haven't checked it out, look us up on whatever your podcast provider is, and then absolutely. Uh, we're going to be back this fall and it's going to be revamped. We're going to have some new music. It's going to be cool. Really excited for it. Um, so subscribe there. Uh, and if you want to listen to me do Pokemoming, uh, the, you can find that at GameFap uh, or Matt's Game for Attractive People. Uh, Pokemoms. You might just Google Pokemoms. We actually have an entire website dedicated to it too. It's really cool. Uh, Elise, who runs our social media over on that, does a really amazing job. So... Um, and lastly, I forgot to plug this, but Game of Thrones is over, but we mentioned it. So I also, if, if for some reason you're cashing up on Game of Thrones and want to <laughs> listen to that, uh, you, the cast beyond the wall is my Game of Thrones podcast that I did when the show was on. And you can hear, hear me talk with a bunch of random people about agonizing about why we hate fan culture so much, even though we're all fans of a thing doing a Game of Thrones podcast, the cast beyond the wall, check it out. Good takes, bad takes, everything in between on that show. I know there's like been times I was I, I listened to that when you're like you're what watching. The fuck, Caleb. Well, no, not you. I mean, it's like I'd be like I would just text you my opinion, like yeah. oh so and so, like nah, man, they really fucked up. Like that's not true, or I don't think that at all, or oh, I agree one hundred. I appreciated like, you texting. <laughs> that was fun. I, I I had fun. It was fun. I I love. That's the thing. I missed the show. The show wasn't always a plus. I I liked it more than I just missed. I miss that. They talk about the memes, the memes, oh like my the fact God. that everyone was watching and talking. Even if everyone hated it, it was just like an experience that we all. It was like it was like March Madness or something. You know what I mean? Like everybody's talking about it. It's just a yeah. fun time. So yeah, cash be on the wall. Check it out. <laughs> well, as always, guys, you can find us on social media. That's Tunes Tunes Podcast T U N E S slash T O O N S. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcasts. Thanks again, Caleb. Bye.